Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, if you are new, welcome to the podcast. Basically, I choose a topic every week that I want to learn more about, and I research it for the week, and I report it back to you so we can all learn together. So this week's episode is all about the history of Nevada. Uh, also, if you're new, I guess I have done a series of kind of diving into all the histories of every state in the union in the order that they joined the union. And so we are on the 36th state, which is Nevada. So that is this week. Um, you may have noticed if you've been listening for a while, I missed last week's upload. And that is because last week I was planning to do an episode on the Fox Indian Wars because it was like a... It was a topic that came up in one of my other state history episodes uh, that I wanted to revisit and touch on and learn about, but really it's kind of straightforward and a little bit short. So I'm just going to do it as a bonus, like short episode, uh, because it'll probably be only like 15 to 20 minutes at the most. So I just felt like it wouldn't make a good kind of full episode of the podcast, but I will put it as a bonus episode for this weekend just so we can all still learn about it. But um it it wasn't enough to do a full episode. So I just kind of audibled and we're going to move that one to this weekend. So that should be coming out for you guys uh, probably Saturday or Sunday. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I think it's a good one. I really don't know a ton about Nevada or I didn't before I researched this. And it has a very interesting history. So I hope you all enjoy and let's get into it. By the way, if you hear any background noise, the weather here in Colorado is finally nice and beautiful. So I'm sitting in my office with the windows open. So you might hear some cars driving by, you might hear some birds, but I'm just enjoying this sunny weather and it gives me hope that spring is coming. I know we have a lot of winter left. It's been a rough winter with a lot of snow. So finally it has all melted and spring seems to be around the corner. So I'm just so excited. Okay, let's get into Nevada. So before we get into the actual historical timeline, as usual, we're going to go into some of the just basic facts about the state. So Nevada became a state on October 31st, 1864. Its capital is not Las Vegas. It is Carson City, Nevada as the capital. And it is named Nevada because the word, uh, Niev or Neve, maybe. No, it must be Niev. N I E V E. It is a Spanish word that roughly translates to snow capped. So the state's name refers to the Sierra Nevada mountain range, which is snow capped. Um, the state motto is the Silver State in honor of a major silver deposit that attracted settlers and strengthened the economy of Nevada. So that's the nickname. The state motto is volens a potens, which means willing and able. It expressed the idea of loyalty to the union and the mineral wealth to sustain it. So we got the motto, we got the nickname. um, And then, okay, population is about 3.1 million. And Nevada is actually a, a big state. So it's 42nd in population density, very spread out because a lot of it is desert, which we'll get into with this geography discussion. Uh, A lot of it is very remote. So Las Vegas is very populated. um, And then Carson City is pretty populated. But a lot of the state is is very remote. So not very dense at all. Okay, geography, and again, if you're new to the podcast, I always link the sources down below. So a lot of these were taken, you know, I'm kind of quoting from a variety of different sources here. I will link them all, but this geography section is from Kids National Geographic, which always gives like the best synopsis on geographies for all of these states. So I will put these all and make them available so you can go and read more information if you would like that. Um, Okay, so geography. Nevada is bordered by Oregon and Idaho in the north, 
Utah and Arizona in the east, California in the west, and California and Arizona to the south. So it's actually the most mountainous state in the United States, and it's also the driest state. Now, I would have thought that the driest state is Arizona, and I would have thought the most mountainous is Colorado. Wrong on both accounts, it's both Nevada. So that's a fun fact if you ever <laughs> come across that in trivia. Um, okay, so the state's land can be divided into three different regions. We have the Columbia Plateau, the Steep Sierra Nevada Mountain Range, and the Basin and Range region. So the Columbia Plateau uh, formed over hardened lava in Nevada's northeastern corner. So basically top right, it, uh, it has high ridges and deep canyons because the water slowly eroded them and these canyons were carved over thousands of years. So that is the um, Columbia Plateau area. Then there's the Sierra Nevada mountain range. It crosses part of the southern uh, section of Nevada. In one of its valleys along the California border, border you find Lake Tahoe, uh, which is North America's largest alpine lake. I've actually not ever pieced together where Lake Tahoe is, even though I feel like I hear about Lake Tahoe all the time, but it is in Nevada, kind of on the border of California. And then the rest of the state is the Basin Range, or sorry, Basin and Range region. It has more than 150 mountain ranges. It has many buttes, hot springs, and geysers. I almost said geysers, but it's geysers. The region is home to the state's highest point, Boundary Peak, which rises up about 13,140 feet. Also in this region, in the southern part of the state, the low Mojave Desert crosses the California border into Nevada. So that is the geography there. Climate goes along with this you know, with it being the driest state in the Union, um, they only get eight inches of rain per year. The national average is 38 inches. 22 inches of snowfall per year. The national average is 28. So again, below average, but 22 inches of snow is actually more than I thought. But I think that's mostly just on the mountain ranges and anything in the basins, not getting much, much snow at all. Uh, there's 252 sunny days, which is much higher than the national average of 205, so very, very sunny. It gets really hot in the summer of 96. Uh, 96 degrees is the summer high, average summer high, so it does get hotter than that, but that's like the average summer high. The average winter low is 27, which puts like all these factors together, they factor in as a comfort index of 7.3, so they say that it's slightly more comfortable than the average state, which I feel like we hear on most <laughs> states. And this is why the comfort index really doesn't, isn't that useful a lot of times because many states are 73 or are like 7.3 or 7.2 on the comfort index compared to 7.0. So it seems like it's really comfortable. But again, like if you hate heat and you hate really hot summers, you're going to dislike this way more than the average state. So, you know, if you really want rain, and that's comfortable. I don't know. The system seems to be a bit flawed with this comfort index, but you know, that's okay. The humidity peaks at about 38%. So very, very low humidity. Um, and that is also contributing why it is the driest state. Okay. So that was, you know, those were the, the, facts, the basic facts of Nevada. So we're going to get into the historical timeline. Now, again, like most weeks, I did, I pulled this from a website called e-reference desk. I'm pretty sure it just pulls all of the timeline events and years from places around the web. So there tends to be way too much detailed information in here. So I went through and I pulled out all of the non-important things or just more minute details that I didn't think we necessarily needed to know like every single railroad that was <laughs> founded or created or expanded, I removed. So I will just highlight big areas of like, lots of railroads went in, railroads went in at this time, things like that. Uh, I will also link it below so you can just go and read if you want that much detail, but I did not think it was maybe that important for this podcast. So let's get into it. This timeline starts in 1519 when the area was claimed by Spain. 
1540, there was a Spanish explorer named Melchi Diaz who traveled through the tri-state area. And then a couple years later, there was a voyage to the California coast by a man named Juan de Cabrillo. So that was like the 1500s, very, very early exploring. Uh, Santa Fe was then established in 1609 um, as a Spanish Indian trade center. And it was held from the, by the Pueblo Indians from 1680 to 1692. So that is also on the timeline in the 1600s. So basically there's a Spanish and an Indian influence in this area, but no um, like Europeans, or I shouldn't say Europeans because that's Spanish, but um, anyway, those are the influences up until 1609. And then the 1700s, basically all they put on this timeline was the Seven Years' War and the Revolutionary War. So nothing necessarily Nevada specific, um, just like U.S. and, and the continent as a whole. Uh, so nothing necessarily Nevada related. The first Nevada specific thing in the 19th century was in 1826. A man named Jedediah Smith led an expedition um, and is reported as the first white man to enter into Nevada. Uh, the next year, 1827, Jedediah Smith and his party returned from California and crossed the center of what became Nevada. So he went to the California, or like to California and then back. Um, okay, 1829, a man named Antonio Armijo um, and his party of 60 traveled on the old Spanish trail to Los Angeles. They found an abundance of spring water that allowed travelers to cut directly through the desert to Los Angeles. So that is why uh, Las Vegas is named Las Vegas because it's Spanish for the meadows. This is funny because <laughs> we had a trivia question. I don't know, maybe it's just you had to be there, but we had a trivia question of like what city is Spanish for the meadows. And everyone in my group said Las Vegas and I was on board and stuff. And then I think my husband just threw out Des Moines because, you know, Iowa seems a lot more like the meadows and Moines sounds like meadows. <laughs> and so, all of a sudden with like one minute left, I just erased Las Vegas and put Des Moines. And then I handed it in and everyone was like, what are you doing? It's definitely not Des Moines, that's French. And here we all wrap it in. Las Vegas does mean the meadows. So we got the question wrong. Luckily we won trivia that night and it did not <laughs> affect our results, but it was a really, it was a choke, you know, it was very sad. But if you ever get a trivia question, Las Vegas means the Meadows. Okay, 1833 to 1834, a man named Joseph Walker led a group from Captain Bonville's party along the Humboldt on a secret reconnaissance of California. So basically at this point in history, Nevada is just being used as a way to get through to California. So a lot of these are like, okay, you know, this party crossed because they wanted to get to California. This person crossed because they wanted to get to California. Because if you remember, California actually became a state before a lot of these middle states. So that is why it's pretty much just a travel area at the moment. Um, also in 1833 to 34, Captain John C. Fremont uh, led a topographical expedition of about 25 men and they arrived at Pyramid Lake while this region was still part of Mexico. They were about 30 miles northeast of present-day Reno, and they named the lake Pyramid Lake. The Fremont Party was also, they became known as the first white men to glimpse uh, Lake Tahoe. And they were also the first white men to cross the Black Rock Desert. Okay. 1834, the Stevens-Townsend party was led by someone named Old Greenwood, and he went down with, uh, he went down the Humboldt with wagons and was the first, this was like the first party to cross or travel what is later, be, what later becomes known as the Donner Pass. So we'll hear about the Donner Party here in a little bit. Okay, 
and I guess it's pretty immediate, 1846, which is actually like 12 years after the first traveling on the Donner Pass. But 1846, the Donner Party delayed their journey too long in the Truckee Meadows near present-day Reno, and they became trapped in heavy snowfall. Um, they were in the Sierra Nevada range, and there were heavy, heavy snows. They got stuck there, and it was really gruesome, and they resorted to cannibalism. 47 out of the 87 of the group perished. The rest made it to California eventually, but it was, you know the famous Donner Party. So that happened in 1846 in Nevada. 1847, a lot of Mormon people started moving to the Salt Lake Valley in 1847. There's a big Mormon influence in Nevada, at least in the early history. So we'll hear a lot about the Mormon groups that come through. 1848, uh, James Marshall discovers gold at Sutter's Sawmill on the South Fork of the American River near the present town of Coloma in California and began the Great Gold Rush. So this is like a lot more people are then going to California for the Gold Rush and traveling through Nevada. The United States then finally acquired Nevada in the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo that same year in 1848. Okay, 1849... Uh, Captain Hunt took the first wagon train, the Jayhawkers, through from Salt Lake to Southern California via the Mormon Trail. This is the wagon train which gave Death Valley its name because so many people perished there. So, yeah, Death Valley is from this expedition in 1849. Then they found gold in Nevada. The first recorded discovery of gold was at the Gold Canyon near present-day Dayton. 1850, the U.S. Congress established the Utah Territory at the request of the Mormons in Salt Lake. So at this point, Nevada was all like a part of the Utah Territory. And we'll see that separation a little bit later. But the reason why it's important that Mormons came to the Salt Lake Valley and all this is because it was all considered the same region at this point, Nevada and like Utah, current day Nevada and current day Utah. Okay, 1851, Colonel John Reese and other Mormons arrive in Carson Valley, which is present-day Nevada. And November 12th, Nevada's territorial history begins. A public meeting was held for the purpose of organizing a squatter government, and there was a provisional government put in place to protect their land claims, maintain civil order, all of that. A trading post was put up. Um, in current day Carson City named Eagle Station. And so this is the beginning of Carson City, which will eventually become the capital of Nevada. All right, 1852, gold coins are minted by the Mormons at Salt Lake City in the, ch in the church mint, and it began to circulate all throughout Carson Valley. So they had their own like currency, basically. The first toll bridge was set up in 1852, and the first land claim was granted by the Mormon Station Squatters Government to Colonel Reese, also in 1852. So the Mormons have, again, a large influence in this region, and things are starting to be built and kind of established in this area. 1853, the next year, the first marriage and the first divorce in Nevada both occurred. The first tourist excursion happened um, in July of that year when Lola Montress, who was an actress from California, she basically led a small party from California on an excursion to the Truckee Meadows. So this is basically known as the first tourist visit. Because again, at this point, most people were just traveling through Nevada to get to California, but now some people from California were realizing, hey, this might be a good place to actually just come and see. So first tourists were there. Uh, the first African-American to settle in Nevada um, also settled in 1853. He operated in a, a ranch near Sheridan for 40 years. There was a first post office, the first school, the first dance in Nevada was held at in Dayton, and it was held at Hall's Trading Post on New Year's Eve. So 1853 kind of seems like the big turnaround for Nevada where things are actually being, you know, things are popping up and, and civilization is being made here. Um, 1854, Carson County was created by Utah's government. 
and the first white birth in Nevada um, was registered in 1854 as well. Okay, 1855 in June, Mormon prophet Brigham Young sent a group of 30 men who was led by William Bringhurst to Las Vegas Valley. Bringhurst had orders to establish a mission for the Latter-day Saints Church, and there they built a 150-square-foot adobe brick fort, part of which still stands today as the oldest structure in Nevada. Um, it's the oldest, but not the first structure in Nevada is an important distinction there. Um, it is appropriately named the Mormon Fort. So, again, lots of Mormon influence. Then the Potosi mine was discovered about 43 miles from the southeast of the mission by James Morgan, who worked it for Quicksilver and Zinc. The mine was referred to as the Lead Mine, but it later became known as Potosi, um, which was opened as the first load mine in Nevada. So we do see a lot of mining, as we've referred to, Nevada is the silver state, so there's going to be a lot of silver mining that we see throughout the history. But it's not just silver, it's a bunch of different minerals, um, and there's more of a variety than I really thought. Okay, 1856, Nathaniel V. Jones is assigned to the mission by Brigham Young to explore for minerals in the area. He was considered the father of Nevada's mining. This, I guess, has been disputed and they think they've kind of overstated his role, but either way, the Mormons and the Mormon expedition uh, kind of assigned by Brigham Young was responsible a lot for finding these minerals in the area. Chinese laborers were then brought in to dig a ditch from Gold Canyon to within two miles of the town. The ditch is still there today and because of all this these influx of Chinese laborers, the first Chinatown in Nevada was set up in Dayton. Okay, 1857, the Pioneer Stage Line, which was the first stage to navigate the Sierras, traveled from Placerville, California to Genoa, which was basically what Mormon Station was renamed to Genoa. So um, there was a stage line set up from California to Genoa and it began a once-a-month route with passengers and mail. So, again, just more civilization being set up in the area. From 1857 to 1858, the Mormon mission was abandoned at Las Vegas. Also, that meant the Potosi Mine was closed because they were running, really, the Potosi Mine. Fort Mojave was established in the southern tip of Nevada, and it's believed that the soldiers from the fort discovered gold in El Dorado Canyon, which led to more mining of that area. Um, those mines in El Dorado Canyon proved, you know, throughout time to be the most consistent producers in the state, and they were producing from 1860 until World War II. After World War II, the mines were closed. 1858, the first telegraph line was constructed between California and Genoa, and Carson City is then also laid out in 1858. 1859, a constitutional convention was held in Genoa, a Bill of Rights was proposed, and the state constitution was adopted, and Isaac Roop, I think his name, yeah, Isaac Roop was elected the governor of the Provisional Territory of Nevada. The Pony Express began in 1860. There was a battle between the Indians and whites near Pyramid Lake. 66 white men died, including Major William M. Ormsby. Um, let's see. June 2nd, there's more conflicts. So a force of 754 volunteers and regular U.S. Army troops engaged the Indians in battle along Tableland and Mountainside in retaliation for the battle on May 12th, which was... Uh, the one that killed 66 white men. 46 Indians perished in that battle. And then Wells Fargo Express and Banking Company opened and it became this became the first bank of Nevada. Okay, uh, 1861, there was an act of Congress which was signed by then President James Buchanan and the Nevada region assumed or achieved territorial status that was separate from Utah 
and that is when they officially adopted the name Nevada, which is Spanish for snow-capped. Governor Nye proclaimed the establishment of the territorial government, and then the first territorial legislature met later that year in Carson City. There were nine counties that were carved out as part of the territory of Nevada. The first schoolhouse was also built that year in 1861, and the state prison commissioners, um, first, oh, the first board of state prison commissioners was created also in 1861. 1861 is also the year that the Civil War broke out. So I have read that a lot of the, you know, creating a territory out of Nevada had a lot to do with like the minerals that were coming out of Nevada and the Confederate, or sorry, the Union wanting to make sure that these minerals didn't fall into Confederate hands and stayed in the Union hands and stuff like that. So a lot was happening in 1861, but the Civil War broke out as well as Nevada became a territory. The territory of Nevada then recruited 1,100 men for service or for civil, civil War service. And then gold and silver was discovered near Austin and the Reese River Mining District was organized. Okay, 18, or uh, yeah, 1863, the Western Shoshone Indians signed their Treaty of Ruby Valley. Um, 1864, statehood was obtained. So again, October 31st, 1864, Nevada becomes the 36th state. Since this was the time of the Civil War, they originally had the state motto of battle born. So that was adopted in 1864 right away since it was the midst of the Civil War. And then the longest Morse code telegram ever sent was sending the Nevada State Constitution from Carson City to Washington, D.C. It cost $3,000, and the first part was tapped out by Frank Bell, who was the cousin of Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the telephone. So they sent the entire state constitution over Morse code. And $3,000 in 1864 is like a lot of money today. So... Um, yeah, they wired it all the way from Nevada to D.C. Um, okay, 1868, the Virginia and Truckee Railroad Company was established. The first hot air balloon ride lifted off from Carson City. And the Central Pacific Railroad arrived at Lake Crossing and the Central Pacific Railroad was auctioned, uh, sorry, the Central Pacific Railroad auctioned off 400 lots in a neatly laid out town site, which is now downtown Rio. Sorry, oh my gosh, I cannot speak. Uh, Reno. <laughs> so 1868 is when all the lots were auctioned off that would become present day Reno. Now, Reno was named for a man named Jesse Lee Reno, who was an American army officer who served in the Mexican War. He was later killed in Civil War action uh, in Maryland on September 14th, 1862. So six years later, he got this new town uh, named after him, or I guess it wasn't incorporated yet, but the land that would become Reno was sold. 1869, the legislature overrode the governor's veto and formally legalized gambling in Nevada. Now you will see that Nevada has had a very, very complicated relationship with gambling. <laughs> I feel like this goes back and forth a few times. Um, so we'll just follow that ride as it comes up in the timeline. A U.S. Mint was established in Carson City. Coins were minted from 1870 to 1893. The first train robbery in the western U.S. happened in 1870. And the Virginia and Truckee Railroad was completed to Carson City. So a lot of development happening there. Um, the Great Bonanza Mine in Virginia City was discovered in 1873, and out of that, Eureka County was created um, from part of Lander County. So we'll hear more about Eureka County, but that was created also in this year of 1873. Uh, University of Nevada was opened in 1874, and Virginia City had a great fire of 1875, Another fire, it says, laid waste to Eureka. So like a lot of these old towns and cities, there were these big fires that swept through, um, and that was in 1875. 
1877, quote, an act to prohibit the winning of money from persons who have no right to gamble it away was passed. So again, gambling was made illegal. Also in that year of 1877, the Nevada Wildlife Commission was established. Uh, the right to vote for political candidates was extended to non-whites in Nevada in 1880, but it still excluded any Native Americans. The first Native American school was established in 1884 by Sarah Winnemucca, and I think that is the daughter of one of the chiefs that signed a treaty. Uh, Chief Winnemucca was um, a figure that was mentioned previously, so I'm pretty sure this is his daughter or maybe granddaughter, but she established a school for Native Americans in 1884. 1885, the Carson Mint ceased operation um, and the first building was also laid for the University of Nevada, same year, 1885. Electric street lamps uh, were installed in Reno in 1887. That's a big technological feat there. There was this is kind of crazy. In 1889 to 1890, you know, we think of Nevada as like this very dry desert area, but there's so many mountains that there is a lot of snowfall, you know, aka the Donner Party got, or the Donner Party got um, trapped there and there is a decent amount of snowfall. But 1889 to 1890 was known as the White Winter because almost 100 inches of snow fell, which was the heaviest snowfall in Northern Nevada history. It was estimated that 90 to 95 percent of the state's livestock died during that winter. It like almost completely wiped out the livestock because of how just unexpected and crazy this snow was. The Carson Mint reopened then in 1889. The first installation of phones in Nevada was made by Francis Jardine Bell in 1890. Uh, the coin minting operations again cease so it's been like off and on and off and on with this mint but it came back in 1889 it then ceased again in 1893 so again very back and forth same thing with the gambling and the minting they're both kind of flipping on and off here um the first public library was established in 1895 reno was incorporated in 1897 Discorporated in 1899 and then has been continuously incorporated since 1903. Nevada cannot seem to make up their mind on certain things. Three we've seen so far. <laughs> um, the U.S. Mint gambling and incorporating Reno, I guess, is the third thing to add to that list. <laughs> Uh, 1901, I just thought this was kind of bizarre, but it was on the timeline. So a law was passed that made it unlawful to sell horse meat without informing the purchaser of its nature first, which I guess is good. Uh, the first official Labor Day was in Reno on September 7th, or I guess Nevada's first official Labor Day. Theodore Roosevelt also visited in 1903 and the first Vitagraph Theater opened in Reno and the first movie house in Nevada, all 1903. Las Vegas town sites were auctioned off, so Las Vegas is starting to get, you know, sold and will be incorporated here pretty shortly. The first state flag was adopted. Again, there are many state flag items in this timeline. I shouldn't say many. There were, I think, three items that said a new state flag was adopted, whatever. I took out the other ones because I didn't think it was mentioned, worth mentioning that every single time a new state flag was adopted. Um, but the first one was in 1905. There was the first uh, baby that was born in Las Vegas in 1905. The first fire in Las Vegas also happened in 1905. Um, Congress creates national forests in Nevada. There was lots of railroad development in 1906 and Las Vegas gets its first street lights. So we've kind of gone from like Reno getting development, Carson City getting some development, and now we have Las Vegas getting its first street lights. There were some labor troubles as we've seen in other like railroad and mining towns and states. There were, you know, labor issues, strikes, 
trying to you know unionize things so this is no different in 1907 uh, federal troops were sent to goldfield nevada for labor troubles 1908 there was a burning of chinatown that was in reno clark county was formed out of lincoln county and las vegas made the county seat so again more development in las vegas 1910 gambling was abolished in nevada obviously that has changed since <laughs> since then because gambling is very much uh, allowed in las vegas but in 1910 gambling was again abolished in all of nevada also in 1910 las vegas was nearly wiped out because more than 100 miles of track on the nevada route to salt lake were destroyed by flood also the first air flight in nevada took place um, in 1910. 1911 was the last Indian uprising. Shoshone Mike and his family members were killed. So that was kind of like the last stand there in 1911. Also in 1911, Las Vegas becomes incorporated. The original boundaries for Las Vegas were from Garcia Street to Stewart and from Main Street to Fifth. So that has since changed, but those were the original boundaries. And Helen Stewart deeded 10 acres to the Paute, I think, P-A-I-U-T-E, Indians in the Las Vegas Valley area. So there was just a very, very small area of land that was dedicated to them. 10 acres is like nothing. Um, 1913, the first state motor vehicle law passed and Nevada State Route 1 was designated as the first highway. 1914, Nevada women were granted the right to vote by state election. Uh, the Carson, Dresslerville, and Reno Sparks Indian colonies were established in the state in 1917. Prohibition happens in 1918. I'm kind of like racing through these because there's not a lot to elaborate on, but I'm just kind of rattling off big historical things. There's a lot of like we're getting into the point where a lot of women are starting to be uh more prominent like the first woman to do to do xyz so the first woman um in state legislature was sadie d hurst she was elected in 1919. uh the trans sierran pioneer flight happened also in 1919. it was the first authenticated flight air flight over the sierra nevada range um, Clara Dunham Crowell was appointed as the first woman sheriff in Nevada, also in 1919. So big, big year there. The first air mail out of Reno uh, was carried out in 1920. And then Edna Howard Covert Plummer was the first woman to found a national bank in 1920. The first woman attorney to serve in the Nevada Assembly was Ruth Averill. She started serving in 1921. The first radio station was established in 1922. Um, Nevada, along with Montana, passed the country's first old age pension act. So more social programs are starting to get put into place starting in 1923. Uh, Chinaman was executed at the state prison with lethal gas which is the first execution of this type that was in 1924 and then all american aboriginal people or native americans were given the right to vote by the u.s congress that was also in 1924 um there was a silver strike in 1925 the first airport in las vegas was established at rockwell field in 1926 um 1927 i didn't usually include a lot of the governors, but Frederick Frederick Bennett Balzar was the 15th governor of Nevada, and during his administration, he signed Nevada's open gambling law and the six weeks divorce law. So again, now gambling is legal as of 1927. 1928, the US government appropriates $165 million for the Boulder Canyon project, later renamed the Boulder Dam. Um, it was then changed again in 1947 to the Hoover Dam. Okay, this is kind of interesting. So in 1933, the construction workers hard hats that you see all the time now that are just standard and required, uh, those were invented specifically because 
workers needed to work on this dam and this was like one of the major i guess innovations in construction so during this time so hard hats were invented in 1933 for the hoover dam um, Franklin D. Roosevelt dedicated the Boulder Dam with a motorcade down Fremont Street in uh, 1935. And in May of that year, the last concrete had been poured for the Hoover Dam slash Boulder Dam. At the time of its completion, it was still called a Boulder Dam. And then again, in 1947 is when it got renamed. Je uh, electricity began uh, like getting generated from the dam in 1936. The first state police department was made in 1938. Um, Thomas Hull, now this is very important for the Las Vegas Strip. So in 1941, Thomas Hull, who was a local businessman, businessman, he owned a string of motor inns in California. He decided to open something called the El Rancho Vegas. It says, thus the Las Vegas Strip was born. This is basically known as the beginning of the Las Vegas Strip. Now. There's another thing in the timelines that I basically like skimmed over, and that is the opening of each hotel on the Vegas Strip. They literally called out every single hotel that was made. I only left the ones that I knew, like that I could recognize their names, uh, like the MGM Grand, things like that. So just know that after this, and like when I'm talking about some of the other hotels, there were just other hotels popping up in between that I'm not gonna tell like, every single time they basically mentioned every single time one of the hotels changed its names or every time it changed ownership and things like that but um yeah basically i'm not going to mention every single time a hotel was founded but if you're interested again you can go to the e-reference timeline in the description um, by 1846 nevada was the nation's leading producer of tungsten which i thought was interesting again it's not just silver and gold it's a lot of different minerals um 1949 the airfield that was used during the war had been deactivated it was then in 1949 reactivated as the las vegas air force base um, atomic testing began in at the nevada proving grounds in 1951 uranium was discovered in the reese river mining district in 1953 the first woman mayor in Nevada was Dorothy Porter. She was elected in 1954. The Nellis Air Force Base became the home of the Thunderbirds. So the Thunderbirds are the aerobatic team of the Air Force. So that is based out of Nevada. 1957, um, the U.S. government began a new series of atomic weapons testing. The H-bomb was tested in 1962. The U.S. government resumed underground tests of nuclear weapons in 1963. And 1973 is when the MGM Grand opened. So at this point, there were a decent amount of hotels on the Vegas Strip, but the MGM Grand opened in 1973. The Great Basin National Park was established in 1987. The first woman elected mayor of Las Vegas was in 1990. That was Jan Laverde Jones. Um, and then the MGM Grand in Las Vegas was actually built. Well, this is interesting because it says that the in 1973, the MGM Grand opened, but the MGM Grand in Las Vegas was built in 1994 with 5,000 rooms and the hotel captured the world's largest hotel honors. So I think the MGM Grand, like the casino was built in 73 and then the hotel was kind of added on in 94. That's my understanding. Okay, 1997, the first supersonic land speed record um, was set in Nevada's Black Rock Desert, which is 125 miles north of Reno. Uh, it was 766.1 miles per hour was that speed record. The Bellagio Resort opened in 1998. The Venetian opened in 1999. And by 2000, the population was just shy of 2 million people in Nevada. Now, again, if you have listened to many of these uh, podcasts, the timelines always get extremely, extremely depressing starting at the year 2000. I don't know what website they pull from to get the info from like the 2000s on but it was basically like every accident fire tornado 
tra any tragedy like shooting that's all that's listed from 2000 to you know 2023 so i skipped all that and basically we're just ending at the year 2000 so that is all for the history let's get into all of the other facts and everything um, about nevada all right it's time for famous people from nevada this was a little bit hard i didn't recognize a decent amount of people that they said were famous who are from nevada I don't know, could be a personal problem that I am just not familiar with a lot of these uh, celebrities or singers who are from Nevada. But here's a list of people that I recognize. Andre Agassi, the tennis player. Bryce Harper, who I believe was a baseball player. Tana Mojo, which she's like a vlogger, just YouTube personality. I know her. Uh, Dawn Wells played Marianne on Gilligan's Island. So she's from Nevada all the pawn star people so the, the first one they put on here was chumley but all those pawn star uh people are from nevada brandon flowers who's the lead singer of the killers and then pat nixon first lady is also from nevada so um that is interesting there we have a lot of attractions in nevada which is kind of surprising because a lot of it is desert and seems desolate but there's actually a lot of big name attractions in the state so there's the hoover dam the valley of fire state park red rock canyon national conservation area which is really pretty there's obviously las vegas and the las vegas strip that most people go to while they're there you have lake tahoe and then reno uh nevada so a lot of actually good places especially if you like nature and kind of more rocky terrain and more desert terrain a little bit um, but there are some good lakes and and things like that so i don't know very actually diverse attractions from what i thought there would be i really just thought it would be like las vegas and lake tahoe that's it but there are a decent amount of good attractions that you can go and visit when you are in uh, nevada so my eyes were opened to that <laughs> um, okay the next thing we're going to talk about is the state symbols so they have i think a decent amount of state symbols here that we will go over first of all state trees now usually there's one is standard but las vegas has two or, <laughs> keep saying las vegas nevada has two the first one is the single leaf pinyon uh, which is a basically a pine tree with short stiff needles and it can grow you know up to 50 feet then we have the bristlecone pine which is the oldest living thing on earth they say some specimens in nevada can be more than 4,000 years old it's found at high elevations so this is kind of more special to nevada uh, itself the state flower is sagebrush which grows abundantly in the deserts, which is, you know, makes sense that they chose it for Nevada. State grass is the Indian rice grass. It was once a staple food for the Nevada Indians and, and it now provides valuable feed for wildlife and range livestock. It's a really tough native grass. So that's why they chose it. The mountain bluebird is the Nevada state bird. Uh, it lives in the Nevada high country and it's, says it destroys many harmful insects so it's really valuable uh, in the kind of nevada ecosystem which is you know i like when they choose something that really benefits like the whole state i guess that's kind of the point but um they really like the mountain bluebird because it destroys these insects that will kill you know other things it's a member of the thrush family and its song is clear is a clear short warble like the caroling of a robin so it's a really pretty bird it's blue and uh with a white belly so very cute the state insect is a vivid dancer damselfly it says it's abundant in the springs and ponds in all four regions of nevada state reptile is the desert tortoise again another desert specific animal so it makes sense that they would choose this as the nevada animal we have the desert bighorn sheep is just the general state animal. It's smaller than its Rocky Mountain cousin, but has a wider spread of the horns. So like 
Colorado has its own Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep. I shouldn't just say Colorado, just the Rocky Mountain region. Um, and then this is like a slightly different variation of the bighorn sheep, which I did not know there were, there was this desert variation. So very interesting. The state fish is the Lahontan cutthroat trout. It's a native trout found in 14 of the state's 17 counties, so very widespread in Nevada. Um, the state artifact is the tool duck decoy. So this decoy was created almost 2,000 years ago. It was discovered by archaeologists in 1924 during an excavation at Lovelock Cave. Um, the decoys are formed of bundles of bulrush stems and they're bound together and shaped to resemble a canvas back duck. So very interesting like archaeological shout out there. Um, okay, there's a state medal, which is the Virgin Valley Blackfire Opal. And this is found, it says, this is one of many gemstones found in Nevada. It's one of the most beautiful. If you look at the picture, and maybe I can post this on my Instagram, it has like all these really cool hints of like blue, green, and orange, and yellow. So it's a really neat gemstone. I really, I really like it. So they just basically said, well, this one is... <laughs> the most pretty and Nevada is the only place in North America where this is found um, in a significant quantity. So, okay, we have the state semi-precious stone is the Nevada turquoise, which is sometimes called the jewel of the desert, they say, um, but turquoise is found in many parts of the state. Sandstone is the state rock. They have a state tartan, but I'm not really going to go into the details. It's basically like blue yellow and red um, and they represent different things and then there's a state locomotive which is just engine number 40 it doesn't give many details as to why they chose this they just say it's known as engine number 40 and it was built in 1910 so those are the state symbols and that is all i have for today's episode i really hope you enjoyed it and learned a lot and uh, I will see you all, I guess, this weekend with our little, you know, bonus episode about the Fox Indian Wars. But make sure if you like the episode, you rate the podcast, review it. I would always appreciate that. Make sure to also follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I will see you this weekend and then next week for another episode. Thank you all for listening and I appreciate you being here. I hope you all have a great week. Bye, everyone.